0: Principal Matters Podcast, episode 195. Hi friends, this is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast. Each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're gonna be talking about instruction from a distance with my special guest, Gina Nelson, the Oklahoma Teacher of the Year. Gina Nelson is the 2020 Oklahoma State Teacher of the Year. She teaches eighth grade composition and academic enhancement at Deer Creek Middle School. And Gina is a 15-year educator and formally she taught theater, musical theater, and stagecraft. A longtime advocate for career-based curriculum, she has helped her students earn over $4 million in scholarships and incorporates career readiness into all of her classes. She's been selected twice to direct at the prestigious Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland. And Gina was also chosen as a presenter at the International Music Festival in Campina Grande, Brazil. This year, she was selected by Congresswoman Horn to attend the State of the Union Address in Washington, D.C. She is former Edmund North High School Teacher of the Year, Read Across America Ambassador for the Oklahoma Education Association, and named Outstanding Partner in Education from Crutch Coast Schools. And she is a Rosa Parks Wall of Tolerance nominee. She is an amazing educator. And Gina, I'm so excited to welcome you to Principal matters. Feel free to fill in the gaps on that intro and tell listeners something else they may be surprised to know about you.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. I I am just thrilled. This is actually my first podcast. Uh, So thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Well, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. And one of the reasons that I reached out to you, Gina, is not only because you're the Oklahoma 2020 Teacher of the Year, which, by the way, congratulations, that's an amazing honor. But another reason I reached out to you is because during distance learning, when our state announced that schools were closing and all of us were scrambling to figure out why, what this new instructional model was going to look like every week i would see you post the most entertaining exciting examples of what you were doing with your kids and so this may sound strange but i actually began to to copy the screenshots of your post because i was just so impressed with the instruction and i was thinking to myself if i was a student this is whose class I would want to be logging into this is the teacher that I would want to be connecting with let's just go there first gina tell us a little bit about during distance instruction what are some of the ways that you stayed connected with kids
1: to start off with my, my students um, they call me the extra teacher so and um, I don't think they were very surprised um, that I would do those kind of things because uh, in my normal classroom you know there's all kinds of you know singing and dancing kinetic learning going on and so all of a sudden we're faced with this challenge of how do we teach and how do I engage them with that energy online? And how do I keep them coming back to class every day? Um, and so, you know, I, um, I pulled out my costumes and every single day I would dress up as some kind of character or um, just something fun. And so every day they were logging in to just Basically, see, what, what am I up to next? What is that crazy lady doing? And, it, you know, it really just becomes part of the fun and the journey that, that learning is still fun. It, it can still be exciting. And then, you know, I did some old school things as well. I wrote letters to my students that I wasn't really sure that, you know, they were going to be engaged on social media or they weren't going to be engaged on the distance learning. So just sending them notes. And then, of course, lots of emails, phone calls to check up on kids, Zoom meetings in case they didn't understand something. There were a a lot of different ways. And I am not an expert at this at all. I think that all of us were building the plane in the air. (laughs) And so, you know, for me, it was just how do I still bring that excitement that I feel every single day in my classroom? And how do I translate it on the screen? Because, Honestly, I, I always tell everyone I'm, I'm not made for the screen, I'm more live action.
0: Well, you were made for this screen because whenever <laughs> I saw what you were posting for your students, one of my favorite characters that you were was the Duchess of Distance Learning. And so, um, I don't know how you came up with all those ideas, Gina, but Principal Matters listeners, one of the things I'll do when I do the, the blog post that accompanies this episode is I'll put some of those screenshots up, if you don't mind, Gina, of oh, some of those fantastic. characters that you played, because it was so so entertaining to watch the way that you're interacting with students.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, absolutely. I mean, even though I'm teaching composition and, and writing now, um, I still use a lot of those techniques that we, we would use in the theater. And I think that's important to show that we can use the arts in every single classroom, whether you're teaching math or you are teaching music. I think they're in- so important to engage your students.
0: Well, before we dig deeper into some of the lessons that you've been finding from distance learning, Gina, I want to back up a little bit and give you an opportunity to tell your story, because being having the platform as, as Oklahoma's Teacher of the Year one of the exciting things that I love to hear from teachers of the year is why they became an educator, because it reminds the rest of us of the value of the work that we do. So, would you mind giving us a little bit of background of how Gina Nelson became a teacher?
1: Well, absolutely. So, actually, I, you know, my my story is just a little maybe different than others. I didn't start out as a teacher. I came out of college and i I hit the acting circuit. I was in. Actor and I. Then I became a casting director, and you know all of those things that were artistic. Uh, I was casting movies and and television and commercials, but there was just something kind of missing, something kind of not fulfilling uh, that that I, I couldn't put my finger on. And then one day I was asked if I would do an after school acting class with some inner city kids, and I said, "Well, absolutely, I'd, I'd love to do. It. I've never done something like that." And then. after the first class, even the, you know, these kids, you know, definitely they were coming from some backgrounds that were, that were rough. And, but after the class, it was just amazing to see how they were all working together. And I left and I go, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so very quickly, um, I started, you know, getting into education programs. I was hired in my, my first teaching job was in inner city, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I absolutely, loved it. And I have been teaching all over and in some capacity ever since then. So it's just, um, it was just that moment of knowing where you belong and what fills your soul.
0: Well, I love that story. And Gina, I'll never forget in my early years, I was a language arts teacher at a high school level. And I remember one of the a poignant moments in my first year of teaching, there was a, another teacher down the hallway. He taught U.S. history who I could just remember the students. Just raving about how much they enjoyed his classes, and you know the, that teacher in your building where other kids admire them and they and they're challenged by them. But you but you just know that they they have something magic about them that kids really enjoy. And one day we were standing in the hall together, and the bell rang, and he looked at me and he said, "It's showtime. I've got to get to class." And as and as he headed down the hallway, I I had kind of this light bulb moment, which is that that teacher not only was an engaging instructor, but he also understood the, the power of every single moment that he had with his kids, that they were coming in expecting something. And if he was there to deliver something exciting to them and engaging to them, they were going to want to come back the next day. And I remember being so motivated in that moment to think about my own instruction in ways that I could incorporate more engagement. And I know you're familiar with Dave Burgess's book, Teach Like a Pirate. And one of the things I love about Dave's book is just the power of the hook, figuring out ways to, to hook students so that they want to know more. And so that's one of the things that I've admired about your instruction, watching from a distance. Talk about how that translated into what you have been doing for the last, gosh, has it been seven weeks?
1: I think you're right. I mean, time is kind of irrelevant right now. I think it's it's important that, you know, that we are all engaged with them. And like you said, you know, every, every class is a show. It is seven shows a day with a different audience that's coming in every single time that has different needs and is in a different emotional state. And you have to kind of meet them where they are, but bring them along to where you want them to be. Uh, and so for me, you know, my, my hook has been the same for 15 years. I walk in with a pool noodle, and I say the word, shall we begin? Everyone screams, let's, it's silent, and we get ready, the show has begun. So what I have to do now is bring that same energy from that classroom and, and put it on this form. But basically, you are still using the same great techniques of relationships. You know, what do the kids need? How can I help you? Let's try this. If you don't understand this, let's try another way. And so, you know, it is a challenge, but um, it it is something that I honestly, it's not just me. It's every educator in the state of Oklahoma right now. They need to be celebrated because they picked Mm -hmm. up this new platform within a week completely, you know, upending everything that they do in their classrooms, and they're just amazing, and they made it happen. Was it perfect? No. Was it everything that we wanted it to be? No, but they did it, and Mm -hmm. so, you know, I just want to celebrate every single teacher out there right now because you guys are
0: amazing. Well, I'm so glad you said that, Gina, and one of the reasons that I wanted to hear your voice on Principal Matters is because so much of the conversation that we've been having on this show has been leaders to leaders talking about supporting teachers or supporting students. But I, I, I love hearing the voice of a teacher because you're the one that's providing that direct instruction. And so I just wanted to give you the platform for just a moment to talk a little bit about advice that you might give other teachers or even school leaders as they're wrapping up this distance learning.
1: The first thing that I would say is that I understand that we're all mourning. In a way, we are. We're mourning the loss of our classes. We're mourning not getting to see our students every day. And so, I would want to say to principals and to teachers both: take care of yourselves. Give yourself some grace because this is not what anyone wanted. The kids don't want it. We don't want it. Parents don't want it. Administrators don't want it. But we we've got to take care of ourselves as well. And I think that as a teacher, and I know all teachers are doing this right now. Now even though we're ending, we are transitioning into August. We're already thinking, what are we going to do in August? How are we going to do this? And of course, there are districts who are already rolling out plans. And so that becomes a lot. And sometimes if teachers don't take that time during the summer, sometimes when they, you know, they do uh, relax and just kind of refocus and re-energize. If they don't do that now, then August is, you're going to see a lot of people who are burned out. Principals are going mm-hmm. to be burned out. Teachers are going to be burned out. So we've got to take care of ourselves. So if you're a principal, take care of yourself, but also check in on your teachers. They, they have upended their lives as well, and they've done it. And so, mm-hmm. but we, we really do. We've got to take care of each other right now.
0: Talk to us a little bit about teachers who've inspired you. I never grow tired of hearing those stories. So tell us um, one of the stories of, of an educator from your past that has inspired you.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, I would just like to kind of get a shout out to my old elementary school, um, which was Luke Flutter Elementary. It's in Southeastern Oklahoma, and it is through a K-8 program in rural Oklahoma. And oh my goodness, those teachers just had a handful with me, but they were just there to love and discipline me and to give me structure, and, and they were just amazing. But, you know, I talk a lot about this, that my former high school theater teacher, Mr. Stephen Smallwood, was the one who truly set me on the path that that led me to where I am now. And he is a former Oklahoma State teacher of the year himself. And just the love, the care, the guidance um, that he gave me. It saved my life because honestly, I I was destined to be another statistic. I I had heard people all my life say, you know, she's going to end up on drugs or she's going to end up pregnant by the time she's 18 and she's going to be just like everybody else in her family. But because he showed me a different way, I was able to go to college and I was the first one in my family to go to college (laughs) and graduate and and do all these amazing things because he set, he not only inspired me, which all teachers I really believe do, but he gave me a pathway out. And that's what I want to do as well for the people in Oklahoma. I want to, I want to inspire, but I think we also need to show them there's a pathway out through career readiness. And that's what he did for me. And so, you know, I thank him. And and the day that they called my name, he was there and it was It was just the most emotional moment when he came to, I'm sorry, I'm getting getting that way now, when he came and he hugged me and he whispered in my ear, he said, they don't know. They will never know because he knew my story. He knew everything and he, it was just so supportive even after, you know, high school and college and, and, and I think every day we speak at some point, whether it's on social media or we text each other, but that's the power that teachers have. They change lives. They save lives.
0: That's such a powerful story, Gina. And it it reminds me actually of a a personal conversation that I had with one of my daughters. I have two college-age daughters and one high school daughter and a junior high son. And one of my college daughters and I were talking just a couple of days ago, there was something trending on social media about, you know, how many men in your life do you absolutely trust? And she was telling me, Dad, I absolutely trust you and my brother. And then she named, and I won't say it on air because I don't have her permission, but she named one of her teachers. And it was her choir teacher from from back in high school. And she was just talking about the same things you were saying, that the inspiration, the care, the compassion, the the rigor, all those things that that inspired her, but also just his his interest in her as a person. And Gina, you and I both know that, because I hear this all the time from from educators in Oklahoma and outside of our state too, that educators talk so often about the, the higher social-emotional needs that kids seem to bring with them. I'm not sure if they really are higher or if we're just more aware of them. But as you've interacted with students, maybe they're from situations that are difficult or situations that are traumatic. Um, I'm just curious how you've learned to connect with kids in a way where they trust you.
1: Sure. I think the first thing is, is that I'm, I am very open and honest. I did come from a place that was filled with trauma. It was not a good place to live, grow up, and I I know I'm very lucky to sit here with you right now. And so I think because I've been through that, I see it, I recognize it in other kids, and I just make sure they understand that in this school building, this is your safe place. This uh, that's what schools are. They are the safe place for them to make mistakes, to learn from their mistakes, to get an education, to learn those social skills. And to see people in front of them every day that are examples of what it is to be a success when you work hard. Mm. And so I tell my students every day, it's a fresh start. You can, make, you can make a mistake. You can get, you know, maybe get a little disciplined today, but tomorrow I will beat you at the door. I will make sure I tell you, I'm so glad you're in my class. And it's a chance for them to learn that they are not their mistakes that they learn from it. They're going to learn more and they're going to become successful once they overcome that. And they can do that in that safe place, in that school building.
0: Gina, I've also had the privilege of knowing a little bit about your school. I had the chance to visit your school a couple of years ago when your principal, Christy Van Dorn, was named the middle school principal of the year. And I don't know how you guys are are cornering the market on all of these awards, but congratulations to both of you. But I'm just curious, being in a school where you're leading a classroom and then you have a building principal who's leading with a lot of the same passions that you do. Speak to, to Principal Matters listeners a little bit about what is it like to partner with a principal who shares some of those same values in connecting and communicating to students and, and reaching your community together?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to sing her praises because you're absolutely right. She is a fabulous principal and I wouldn't be sitting here today without her she has this amazing ability to find the people who share that same passion and that belief and bring us all together. And then she just is, she is a cheerleader at our school. You know, we can do this uh, no matter what comes at us. And, and she's supportive and, you know, our families come first and she doesn't call us staff and she doesn't call us, you know, teachers. She's like, we're a family. We are. All of our shirts, all of our little t-shirts that we wear as a group, it says DCMS family. We are not staff. We are, we are a group of people who love and care for each other. We care for our kids. If one of us is struggling, then we we all rally around each other. And I think that she, she is the person who is, you know, picking these people. I don't know where she gets us all from uh, because everyone is spread out. We're, we have people all over the central area of Oklahoma that are coming in to work. It is because of the love and the care that she shows for us, and um, but also the leadership, uh, the consistency, because just like kids, we need consistency as well. And then she's not afraid to try new things, and she's not afraid to... Uh, t- you know, to reach out and and make those hard decisions.
0: Well, and one of the reasons I ask you that question, Gina, is it doesn't surprise me that both of you are serving together. And often when I'm talking to Principal Matters listeners, we talk a lot about the fact that the school itself a larger version of the classroom. And so, so many of the things that you talk about, engaging kids in instruction, making sure that they trust you, building a culture, of integrity and empathy are things that I've seen you guys doing at your school within your own classroom, but also campus-wide. And so I think it's just, it's a a beautiful thing whenever you have a, a relationship between school leadership and classroom teachers where they're sharing those same values. And I know that there are people out there listening who may be in a building where that kind of family atmosphere is being created. And there may be listeners who haven't experienced that yet, but I just, I wanted them to hear and be inspired by your story of, of what, What's possible when you have strong teachers connected with strong leaders and how that helps an entire community?
1: Absolutely. And the, and the school culture, it starts from the top down. You know, everything from your, your superintendent to your principals and then, you know, everyone else in between. They set the tone for everyone. And you can you can feel it when you walk into a building. I really believe that because I've gone to other schools. I've taught in other school buildings. And the minute you walk into a building, you can kind of feel what the culture is. Is it a positive culture? Is it a negative culture? Is it, you know, is it a fearful culture? And that really does come from our leaders.
0: Well, and as you think about next year, Gina, my next question was going to be, what are your dreams? Because you are going to have a little bit of a different year because as a, teacher of the year for the state of Oklahoma, you get to represent educators. And so that's going to look different. And I think sometimes I wonder too, how different that with whether distance learning kicks back in or not, but, but share, share with us some of the ideas that you have as you step into something you've never done before.
1: So right now, everything just like it is for everyone else is kind of up in the air, whereas some of my duties may be a little bit different. In the past, um, Teachers of the Year, we tour, we talk, we, we go to different kinds of professional development. And I'm up for that. But I'm also, I want to get to work and I want to celebrate teachers. So I'm the kind of person that if somebody wants me to come in and see their classroom, I want to see it. I want to show off your kids. I want to show off your classroom. I want to show you. I want to show your school. I want to talk about a revolution of morale because we need it right now. We need, to, we need a teacher cheerleader, and I want to do that for people. I want to show the rest of the world how amazing our teachers are. Now, I know that we're ranked whatever, and, but that is not indicative of what we do on a daily basis. It's not about the lives that we are saving and changing every single day. And I also want to go out and I want to thank teachers because teachers saved my life. I would not be sitting here talking to you if it were not for public education and public school teachers. And so I want to go and, and say thank you and to remind them that every single day they are making a difference in somebody's life and they will not know, maybe they don't know it until someone is older and has to get through, you know, the trauma and the tribulations of their life. But educators are so important and I want to go out and I want to celebrate everybody. And that's a lofty goal, but I think I can do it.
0: Well, I love that term, the revolution of morale. And so Gina, I absolutely believe you that you're going to be that cheerleader. Well, Gina, as we wrap up this conversation this week, I want to give Principal Matters listeners a little bit of a taste of some of the fun you've been able to have with Students, could you just walk through? Uh, name some of the characters that you, in the roles that you've been playing as you log in with kids over the last several weeks.
1: My goodness. Okay, I'm going to have to think. Um, well, I know that I have done the Duchess of Distance Learning, and you know, full wig and crown and everything. I have done aliens and cowboys, and I have done you know just like of uh, dessert themes. I know that sounds bizarre, but you know, lots of dessert themes. And oh my goodness. Uh, The Roaring Twenties, I've done that as well since we're in uh, 2020 as well. I've done a little bit of Beethoven as well. Uh, and taught them, you know, yelling at them, I have a piano here behind me. Uh, And so lots of banging on the piano in my gray wig and everything. But, you know, every single day I dressed up. So for every single day, every week, for five days, I dressed up so that they never knew who was going to be there. And sometimes I didn't know who was going to be there. either. (laughs) But you know, but it was for me, it was also about having fun still, even though I'm mourning and I miss them, and it's not the same um, as being in that classroom, but it was a disciplined thing to get up, get dressed, and be present in that classroom, whether it's a Zoom classroom or it is your brick and mortar classroom.
0: Dana Nelson, congratulations on being the 2020 Oklahoma State Teacher of the Year. I cannot wait to see your campaign when you're out being the celebrator and the cheerleader for Oklahoma teachers and really a spokesperson for for teachers, not just here, but across the nation. Thank you so much for the time that you've taken today to share with Principal Matters listeners. If people want to connect with you through social media, if they want to follow you, or can they locate Gina?
1: Nelson. So you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook, and okay, uh, Toy 2020 uh, You can also, if you would like to have me come into your school, uh, you can contact the Oklahoma State Department of Education, and they will then uh, connect you to me that way as well. Um, but I just wanted to thank you again, Will. Thank you so much for inviting me. This has been an honor and so much fun.
0: Well, thank you, Gina. And Principal Matters, thank you guys for listening this week. Thank you for the work that you've been doing, leading from a distance, inspiring, supporting, providing resources for your teachers just like Gina, because what you do matters. And we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you so much. That was so much fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com.